This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome to episode 14 of the Animaniacast. Or is it Nana Partridge of Palo Alto, California? No! All rise for the Animaniacast. For your presiding judges, <laughs> Nathan. Yes, I am present. And the Honorable Judge Kelly. Hello. <laughs> I'm playing, of course, and yes, and I'm the bailiff, Joey. Bailiff Joey, you. I'm sorry. What? You may be excused. Oh, we I, don't oh. need you anymore. Oh, okay. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Good night, everybody. Actually, please come back. Oh, okay. I'm back. Uh, so, yes, we are today, we are going to be talking about, well, first of all, let me talk about what's going on. The music is throwing me off, ladies and gentlemen, because this is not our normal theme song. I mean, this, we might make it our normal theme. Oh, man, the saxophone is speaking to me. Uh, no, but this is, of course, the, the theme to L.A. law, but this is the Animaniacast. We are a podcast that is dedicated to the Animaniacs. We talk about every single episode of the Animaniacs. We talk about all the jokes, all the references, all the little things here and there, and back the other way, back again. So, well, now that that theme song is done distracting me... Oh, please stop. Please stop. Please. <laughs> Let's start it up again. No! <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about episode 14 of the Animaniacs. This uh, episode is entitled... La La Law and Cat on a Hot Steel Beam. And Nathan, when did this originally air? Joey, this was aired on September 30th, 1993. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, this episode, well, let's, let's give our general thoughts. If you could give your thoughts in a, in just a few words, Nathan, what would you say? Newsreel of the stars. <laughs> And Nathan, uh, or Kelly, what would you say your uh, general thoughts in a few words of this episode? I would say this episode was pretty underwhelming compared to what we've seen thus far. Okay. And uh, I I kind of thought uh, it was, it, I liked it. I'll talk more about it later. But actually, um, I kind of liked the Mindy Buttons one, which is so weird. For me, I kind of liked it, but uh, we'll get into more of that in just a little bit. Let's first of all talk about some of the opening things that we get. Of course, we start off with our favorite <laughs> thing, which is Newsreel of the Stars. Yeah. Nathan says sarcastically. Uh, this time, <laughs> it didn't bother me as much this time because I just skipped it. Oh, it's a good idea. Fast forward through this thing. Although I will say that there is a slight difference in this one, and I did like the difference. Um, usually, uh, with Newsery of the Stars, it kind of fades out, 
And it, you know, it says, when the Warners escaped. And it says, bump, 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 bump. And then it fades to black and then lifts up with the Animaniacs theme song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one went right into the water tower. The water tower. Like it went immediately into it. Let me see if I can cue it up here real quick. Publicly, the studio has disavowed any knowledge of the Warner's existence to this very day when the Warner's escape. It's time for anime. So right there, that's kind of a cooler yeah, energy. It's a better transition into it. Yeah, it kind of looks almost like it. And when you look at it visually, it kind of looks like it goes to to color and zooms in on yeah. the lot right there. So and it zooms right into the water tower and then where it yeah. pops open and looks like they're escaping. Exactly. But. It it makes kind of sense mm-hmm. right there. I I kind of wish that they did it originally that way. Yeah. And I kind of wish that they did it just once or twice and kind of stopped by now. But again, th- we we are in the first season and I had to tell myself so we're in what the 15th episode, right? No, 14. Uh, 14. So we're 1 2 Three weeks in, right? Five episodes a week. Yeah. So we're in the th- we're in the third week. It's still early enough that people are kind of catching this show and they don't really know what it's about. This is, of course, before Netflix, before people had access to Hulu I mean, and. Oh well, yeah, you miss these episodes and yeah. you don't see it again until halfway through the year when they start showing the reruns and everything. So. I mean, I understand it. It's it, by today's standards, we're kind of like, give me a break, get rid of it. But at least this one for me, it had a little bit more energy. And uh, yeah, I didn't really pay that much attention at the beginning anymore. Like, so you could skip it, or like Nathan, or you could be like me and try to find little tiny things that are different, like that little difference right there, which is kind of cool. Um, and of course, at the beginning was here's the show's namey again. Which I've lost count of how many times we're, yeah, we've heard that one. Yeah, it's well over half now. Yes. So, so over seven. Yes. Um, well, let's get, let's get right into the uh, the episode here. Before we get into our major segments, we have our first premiere of one of. I guess you could kind of. We have the Randy Beeman kid, right? We have good idea, bad idea, which we have not yet seen. Oh boy, uh, you know, in our run. <laughs> at least here. Yeah, we we saw him in Goodnight Moon. It's the only Right. We did see Mr. Skullhead in that, but we did not see any good idea, yeah, bad idea no. segments yet. But this is our first uh mime time. It's mime time. And which is the same voice Tom Bodet is doing the voice of uh, you know, uh the mime, you know, time introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go over what happens to the mime <laughs> the, at the beginning. There's, yeah, there's three segments. There's three segments that go right, you know, in between each segment. So uh, it, between each cartoon. Uh, the first time he's uh, trapped in an imaginary box and then a safe falls on him. So he's trapped in a real box. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, second time is he's pulling an imaginary rope. Well, actually, I think, no, the second time was he was a football, right? Yeah, second one's Second football. time was he was throwing an imaginary football, and then the mime gets tackled by a, a football team out of nowhere. That's my favorite one. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the third one, he pulls on an imaginary rope, and then apparently it's squished, he gets a, it's attached to a sandbag, a giant, like, two-ton sandbag, which comes out of nowhere and crushes him at the end. Yeah. Uh, and of course, each one ends with the end. Um, 
What are you guys thought? What are you guys thoughts about mime time? Is this is our first adventure yeah. with the mime. Um, Kelly, what do you think? I I like mime time. It's just it's cute and quick, and you know, little short, funny segments. I've always liked Tom Bodette's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't. He I, I know him a lot now from. Uh, he's on the the NPR show. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. I, yeah. I heard him on there a few times, but of course he's like mo- the Motel Six guy. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel Six, and we'll leave the light on for you. I just like how how monotone and just like almost nonchalant his voice is uh, compared to the craziness that happens with mime time and everything. Um, Nathan, what about you? What about mime time? I always enjoy it. I mean, it's just a nice, uh, it adds to the episode, I would say. It never uh-huh. deteriorates from it, you know, or whatever. Um, I just like learning how to do mime moves because really it just, <laughs> you can look at him and like, oh, that's how you look like you're trapped in a box and you want to act like you're pulling a rope. Like usually really <laughs> simple, but you know. so it's educational. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is where they got that educational. Every show had to be a little bit educational. This is where they got theirs from. <laughs> I don't know about you, but do you guys think I? It seems like this, the mime time segments, kind of date the show a little bit. I don't. I think it might be just my imagination, but as a kid, I think that mimes were kind of made fun of more than they are today even though i've I, t- to the point where i would see them on like sitcoms and stuff like that like oh a mime mm-hmm. and it, and I, even though i've never seen a mime in person i don't think <laughs> but yeah um to me i gotta be honest guys the jokes on mime time it didn't make me laugh they didn't I, yeah I they're not like haha funny they're like uh-oh funny well i knew what was going <laughs> I knew what was going. I knew it was just like I remember, like mime time. Oh yeah, mime time, where something falls on him, and then each time it was just like he did something. And I guess I just wish that there was a little bit more to it than what I remember when I was a kid. Yeah, it's it's nothing different. There's no deep meaning to it. <laughs> well, I wish there was a little. I don't know, just something different. But I, but that's me. I anyway. So when it comes to me, mime time. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't last. It doesn't live up to its, its potential as it did when I was a little kid. That's just my opinion. But anyway, but we're going to get to two segments right now. So moving on to our first segment. First segment is La La La. La 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 was written by Paul Rugg and directed by Michael Gerard and Rich Ahrens and Nathan. What would you say basically happens right here in La La Law? Well, Dr. Scratch and Sniff gets a parking ticket, and he plans on just paying it off, but the Warners all decide to help him out and become his lawyers. So we start a show uh, called Warner Law, I believe, and uh, they uh, they end up getting him out of the parking ticket through some shenanigans. Uh, basically a mask kind of, uh, make everyone dance and solve all your problems, kind of. Oh, yeah, I guess it did. Well, yeah, I guess it did, did happen in the mask, didn't it? Yeah. I totally like- forgot about the part of that movie. Okay. <laughs> yes, they all dance at the end and they, they get off because, That's- because justice is not blind, it's in love. That's right. Because all you have to do is get the judge to 
admit that he's madly in love with a meter maid, and there you go. It's all yeah. good. It was, <laughs> I think it was their plan the whole time. So, it was just... <laughs> well, what do you guys think, Kelly? What do you what do you think about La La Law? It was not my favorite episode. Um, I may have enjoyed it more if I actually had watched L.A. Law. Um, <laughs> But I think I think it came on past my bedtime or something when it was on the air, so I never really watched it. I just kind of remember the seeing the the opening of it um, sometimes, and then I guess probably went went to sleep. But um, yeah, I uh, I guess the, the the most interesting thing that stands out for me for for the episode is the the quote unquote adult humor because there were several you know things that uh, the judge would say and the warners would. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess they kind of assumed he was saying something else. Yes. Like when he said subpoenaed. And, um, have you subpoenaed a witness? Have we what? Subpoena. Subpoena. Have you subpoenaed a witness? I certainly hope not. You should be ashamed of yourself for even thinking it. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Wacko asked the meter maid uh, if she swears, and she said yes. And he's like, well, you shouldn't. It's not very nice. <laughs> and so the, the humor was a little bit more adult all, all through the episode. Yeah, let's not forget the penal code yeah, as well. Penal right, code. yeah. That's a violation of the Burbank Penal Code. The what? The penal code. The penal code. You know, the two of you ought to get together. I knew and, there was something else. <laughs> yes. You're right. Yeah, so it was... I, yeah, not only was it referencing a show that, yeah, kids would not be. I mean, I was familiar with L.A. Law. Um, I never watched it. I mean, I know my parents watched a few episodes here and there, uh, but I was not really familiar with it at all. Yeah, I never watched it. So, but I like the theme song. So. I, well, I just knew that the guy from Clash of the Titans um, was on it. Which guy is that? Harry Hamlin. Which. Which guy? Oh wait, wait a second. Harry Hamlin. Let me look. Let me look. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. The from the original Clash of the Titans, the one with um, Burgess Meredith and oh Lawrence yeah, Olivier yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah Harry Hamlin. Yeah, he's in. He's in. He's in L.A. Law, and uh, Corbin Bernstein is in it. Uh, who was later? He played the dad in Psych. You know what I'm talking about, right, Nathan? You watch Psych? I've seen Psych. I've seen all the episodes of Psych. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And uh, and of course, uh, Bail Organa is in L.A. Law. We got Jimmy Smits. Oh he's yeah, in it. okay. He's he's in the um, he's in the. Let's talk about the the Warner Law, which I gotta say, uh, I I think you're right, Nathan. I think you kind of alluded that. I think this episode might have originally been planned to be called Warner Law instead of La La Law. Yeah, I mean it's. It's, the show is called Warner Law, I think, because uh, the, on the theme song, it ends with Warner Law. Warner so Law, and, and they show a license plate so instead think, of, uh, in the on the opening theme of L.A. Law, they show kind of the California license plate and says L.A. Law. Yeah. And on this, it says Warner Law. So I kind of, I really get the feeling and, that maybe this cartoon was originally going to be called Warner Law. But uh, let's talk about the opening credits. Of course, the, the theme song is almost identical to um the the LA Law theme song. Uh and we see Jimmy Smits, aka Bail Organa, <laughs> up there. And then we saw <clears throat> one of the other actors here, Victor. I'm gonna totally mispronounce his no, wait a minute. That's Victor was Jimmy Smits. Uh Larry Drake was one of the other actors they were parroting right there, uh, who is Benny Stolwitz. Uh 
the only thing I know really know Benny Stolwitz from is he played he played Doctor Giggles in a in a bad horror movie in the nineties, I believe, which I never saw, but it's just like one of those things that everyone knew as a kid you knew about that movie, but you never necessarily saw it. So Doctor yeah, Giggles, I've, I've heard of it, but I I never saw it. Yeah, so he's Doctor Giggles. So Wacko, he's putting copies on Wacko's head, and of course Yakko is doing something horrible, which is like he's chasing chasing this other lawyer around. Uh, so, uh, so that's the uh, character's name was Grace von Owen on Van Owen on uh, L.A. Law, but this the actress's name is Susan Day. The for some this is a this is a courtroom comedy. Uh. I kept thinking of Ghostbusters 2 in my head when I was watching this mm, episode. Yeah. Short, but pointless. <laughs> uh, that's the best courtroom scene for me, uh, is uh, is Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the movie, too. Just, really? I think so. I think I just love that like long speech he gives about being trapped in the elevator. <laughs> Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the, of the, of the audience... I don't think it's fair to call my clients frauds. Okay, so the blackout was a big problem for everybody, okay? I was stuck in an elevator for two hours and I had to make the whole time. But I don't blame them, because one time I turned into a dog and they helped me. Thank you. Very good, Lewis. Short, but pointless. I was like, it's not even long, but just... I always like when uh, Peter Bankman is uh, leading uh, Lewis to ask him or to answer uh, things. Like he's leading the witness. Yeah, he's that. whispering. He's leading no, the lawyer into uh, <laughs> asking the right question. Yes. So. Um, and how the judge could recognize those ghosts didn't make any sense. <laughs> no. The the Wazowski brothers, or what, not the Wazowski, that's, uh, that's Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Oh, what are they called? It's going to drive me nuts. Oh my God, the Scaleri brothers! Uh, but yes, he goes. He looks at two Muppety-looking uh, brothers, and he goes, "Oh, it's them!" And it was like, "Wait a minute how How did you realize that's them? They look nothing like a human, but whatever." Uh, I guess there's only two people that you could have possibly sent to the electric chair at the same time. <laughs> Must be them. Uh, let's talk about some of the people that are in the background in this. Uh, Elmira's family members, or at least her dad and her older sister, are in the kind of audience watching, and her mother is sitting on the jury. You also have another character, and it was driving me nuts. He's sitting in the jury box, and he kind of he's bald, and he has two kind of buck teeth, and he's kind of has this weird smirk on his face. Yeah, I've seen him before. But. Yes, it was driving me crazy. I was like, I've seen this guy before, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't really talk that much, but I know I saw him recently in Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. Um, on all the reference guides I could see, he wasn't shown, so I went back and I was going through the episodes. He was one of the contestants. On um, the pinky in the brain, yes. On win big, he was one of the one of the guys that uh, was playing against brain. I think he was the the returning champion, right? Yes, okay. yeah. So he's sitting on the jury as well. Um, so we do have, you know, I I thought it was kind of cool to see those characters in the background, um, almost like little hidden, I mean, references. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess apparently there's like some uh, 
whenever they ha- you know have these people in the background i'm sure it was always an opportunity for the animators to draw themselves or to draw a friend or to yeah. you know whatever just a really inside joke apparently like one of the directors from tiny tunes i guess is in there and and stuff so you you know if you're in the know you can find those but um what are your what are some of your favorite jokes favorite moments of la 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 i like the badgering the witness and goading the witness that was <laughs> It's fun. Just little puns. Stop badgering the witness. Sorry. One joke that totally went over my head was the, and of course, the judge hated puns. He almost mm-hmm. threw them out based upon the puns alone. Uh, but the the joke that really went over my head was the shadow of a shadow of a dot. Oh, okay. Okay. He said, I, I heard shadow of a doubt. Yeah, the that's first what time. I heard. Shadow of a and doubt. And he goes, stop those puns or something. You know, you know, I hate these puns or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm going, what was the pun? And I had to really watch it again. And he says, beyond a shadow of a dot. And Dot's shadow stretches when he says that. We'll prove that Dr. Scratch and Sniff is innocent beyond a shadow of a dot. I hate puns. Again, the joke, it was a cute joke once I found out what the heck he was saying. I just don't think it was executed that well. To, to yeah. really, there was a lot. I mean, this is another This is another Paul Rugg one. I think his jokes are generally, they're, they're fast and furious. Yeah. You know, they, come, they come pretty quickly. Um, I, I really did like uh, <laughs> Wacko and uh, Wacko asking if uh, the meter made like candy. And if she has any. <laughs> Do you? Like candy? Yes. Do you have any? No. I'm through. Your turn. Oh, thank you. I have so much to go on. <laughs> Yakko, uh, I think one of my things was like, what? It was, uh, it, the, the meter was d- dirty. Dirty. Because she wasn't being a good maid. Right. What kind of a meters? maid was this person? <laughs> now, Miss Bilchmeitner, is it not possible that because you are such a terrible maid, the meter might have been dirty and malfunctioning? I don't know. I, I did, I did like this one. I think I had some, yeah. I had some good stuff. Um, again, uh, I, I'm kind of disappointed with this judge, the way he kind of, yeah, you just immediately hit on the the witness, mm-hmm. the first and only witness. He starts like making goo goo eyes at her and everything like that. But uh, other than that, and like, what's with Hello Nurse being the stenographer? Like, what? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Nurse is the stenographer, and if you look close, like Wacko is like uh, giving her love letters and doing like heart <laughs> eyes at her, like right there. Nathan's yeah. looking at the on the corner. He's like, you know. He's given her hard eyes. And, yeah, uh, right before the shadow of the dot line. Yes, like exactly. So there's a lot of stuff going on in this. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, initially, it doesn't really seem like there's much to this cartoon. But after watching it about two or three times, I was saying, oh, okay, there's lots of stuff in the background. There's mm-hmm. people back there. There's you know stuff in the foreground and background going on. And I appreciated it more when I started, you know, seeing all of that stuff going on. Yeah, I just wish we found out what happened with the meter. Like, he put money in it, apparently. Was it broken? Did he just not put enough money in it? Did he put it in the wrong meter? I I don't know. We'll never know. And how did he get that couch home in the first place? 
Because that's the thing. Dr. Scratch and Sniff was going to the psychiatrist store where you could get a psychiatrist couch and they had a sale on goatees. Yeah, you could buy a goatee, I guess. (laughs) So that's what it's the it's the supply chain in Burbank right there. So, yes. Um, Yeah. Any other thoughts, guys? Nope. Nope. All right. It just was not my favorite. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, before we go to segment two, here is a commercial for Put a Brain in the White House. It's another election year, so stand and give a cheer for a presidential candidate that's new. He's the rodent that we need, and he's here to take the lead for mom and apple pie, so what do we do? We put the right mouse into the White House, cause he's qualified, my friend, to rule the world. He'll cut the tax, he'll save the trees, he'll reduce the price of cheese. He's a fighting son of a gun, and when it all is said and done, they'll agree in both the Senate and the House. That the best man for the job is a mouse. Brain is a terrible thing to waste. Narf. This has been a political announcement for the campaign to put a brain in the White House. Okay, let's move right into segment two, which is our second Mindy and Buttons cartoon. And this is entitled Cat on a Hot Steel Beam. It was written by Barry Caldwell and it was directed by per- Barry Caldwell and Greg Reyna. Kelly, this is a very complicated story to go through. I hope you can handle <laughs> this and, and summarize uh, it within a short amount of time. But what basically happens on Cat on a Hot Steel Beam? I'll do my best. Okay. Well, Buttons is babysitting Mindy again because, you know, dog babysitting kid makes so much sense. And uh, she sees a little cat and decides to go chasing after it and ends up following it all around. And then she encounters a construction zone and it's got like the steel framework of like a 90 story building that's um, in the process of being built and she's crawling up the beams and uh, basically crawling out in midair and Buttons is trying to do everything he can to create little walkways and um, you know eventually making a, a almost like a staircase up to the moon just so she won't fall or, and hurt herself and uh, defying gravity and all sorts of, of things in this episode. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> yep. I I agree. <laughs> yep. I think that was the whole episode. So, <laughs> so let's go right to our water tower rate. No. <laughs> so <laughs> Now, listen, this is actually, as I was saying, probably my favorite Mindy and Buttons cartoon for a, a couple reasons. Um, Nathan, what did, what did you, any, any highlights, any moments of this cartoon that really stood um, out? I think that the parents are completely negligent is my number <laughs> really one. Are. Cause, uh, like really they, they get mad at the dog at the end again. Like obviously there's no way this is the dog's fault that your kid walked out of the yard. Like I didn't, they didn't even tell buttons to watch the kid. So it wasn't even his responsibility. Ah, uh, that's okay. True. Well, and she's flying around the neighborhood like I, at the beginning. Yeah, she's like literally like five stories I in the tell air. If she's actually flying, or it was just in her imagination. That's what like, I thought too. I was like, "Is this real? What's going on right now?" Because like, how is this possible? Like, <laughs> I, I and I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm like, is this is this in her brain? Are we seeing what's going on in this two year old's brain right now, or are we 
So yeah. whatever. But uh I liked the uh baby's day out feel of it, you know. See, that's a so. good that's a good have you ever seen Baby's Day Out, Kelly? No. That is a good movie. I I mean that came Well, I don't want to say it's a good no, movie. No, <laughs> I will I will go on record. I haven't I mean I haven't seen it for like ten years. <laughs> but I do remember not thinking it was going to be that good and actually really did like that movie. Uh, which is, it, it's just a, it's, but I would say it's a good, not good movie. Like, uh, it's for like a movie that's not good. Like, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Like, how about that? But- yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so Nathan, so any, any particular other than the parents being horrible? I mean, the mom can't even figure out how to use a toaster. No. And this then- is how horrible these parents are. I was pretty sure she's drinking a beer, even though it says soda. uh, Yeah. I'm pretty, like, what soda is called soda? (laughs) It was reported to be on the 90th floor of this building under construction. Isn't that Buttons? Oh, my goodness. That's Mindy. So, obviously, it's just like, oh, I'll put this alcohol in this soda can, and, and then maybe it makes sense why she's so terrible. Call CPS. Yeah. The cartoon protective services. No, I don't know. But uh, great cameos in the episode, too. Well, cameos in the episode. <laughs> we had we had two cameos. Mm-hmm. We had, of course, uh, Marvin the Martian. Yeah. When Buttons goes all the way up into the sky. And then we had a lesser known Tiny Toon character, uh, Mary Melody. Who yeah. Was, uh, jump roping. She's- and then, well, there's also Tom and Jerry. Oh. And Popeye. Well, oh, that's true. Not well, real Popeye. They're but- not, and not the real Tom and Jerry. Either. Yeah. Green Bean! Come back, Green Bean! They have, yes, we do have some. And the Animaniacs. And the Animaniacs. So. And, uh, let's see, any other cameos? Of course, we gotta talk about the biggest cameo, really, is the cat itself. Oh, yeah. Is the kitten Pussyfoot, who is in a bunch of Warner Brother, well, I don't know about a bunch of Warner Brother cartoons, at least a few. Um, I don't know, Kelly, if you're familiar with the with the Warner Brother cartoons with uh, Big Bulldog, Mark Anthony, and this little black and white kitten that he loves and he takes care of and everything like that. Does this ringing any bells to you? Somewhat, <laughs> well, but I, I don't, you know, I don't really remember it. But it's it's somewhere in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the the same kitten right here, apparently. Although her eyes are are different. I think her in the in the cartoons that. With Mark Anthony, it was uh, blue eyes, and right here it looks like she has green eyes. But whatever, it's 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 supposed to be the same kitten, essentially, hmm. right? Why yeah, not? it looks close enough. Also, Elmira's sister appears in it, I guess. Oh it yeah, looks... she's in this one too. Yeah. She keeps making appearances. Just right, right when uh, Buttons is falling off the catching the cat, the back of her head. Yeah, you can you see can the back see of her head. head. Um, but yeah, that's another like why, why Buttons was so scared of falling, like he fell from the moon and then he's like scared of the height i'm like i'm pretty sure you'll survive that paul <laughs> i did notice that too <laughs> like the thing that bothered me was when he kept going to extend the ramp and he yeah. kept running back and forth and i'm like buttons just grab them yeah or chase them or so yeah like <laughs> um, at one point it looks like he literally ran right by mindy he's like in front of them <laughs> They're running in this direction towards him, and yet he runs past them to get something because he would rather them keep walking forward. And then why does he start building up so far? Well, it's like when the construction guys, I mean, one of them just goes up and grabs her. And I'm like, 
that's what Button should have done. Yeah, exactly. He grabbed the cat in he midair. Can, he can grab. <laughs> I know, and it's not, it's like, Buttons has the ability, like, you would say, like, well, he's a dog. He can't use his paws. He's building stuff. He's hammering. <laughs> this guy, come on. Now, usually I'd be on Button's side. That's the thing. Usually I'm with you, Nathan. Oh, poor Buttons. I'm sorry, Buttons. Dude. You you messed up on this yeah. one. If you thought mm. if you thought for just a, a split second about what was going on here, you could solve this problem. You're just freaking out. Just grab one her, of, get it over with. One of the things that kind of stood out to me was was the construction guys, because I I, I mean I I'd have to rewatch all the other episodes, but it seems like this was probably about the only episode where some other adults were like this. This situation's not ideal. There's something not quite right here. Like There's a, a kid, kid on, a, on a, the, the beam on the 90th floor. Hello, we need to call the police. Yes. Cute kid. Yeah. Cute kid up here. I don't. Yeah. These. Yeah. They were. They were probably in the first time in Animaniacs where any characters were responsible. Responsible. Yeah. <laughs> we're like these are actually like realistic like human beings doing their job and everything like that and i do like mindy doing the you know why why yeah this is the first time she's done that yeah so, so i mean there's there's little cute things that mindy does um I, I will say this the thing i liked about this cartoon that at least until further notice this may be my favorite mindy and buttons cartoon because out of two, out of two <laughs> i might say of, of all the other ones that we watch for just the simple fact that this cartoon was self-aware. It was aware that this is something that has gone on over and over and over again. We're hit. Yes, we know, ladies and gentlemen, that this has been in cartoons before. And mm-hmm. we're going to show you. Yes, it's happened in Tom and Jerry. Yes, it's happened in Popeye, uh, and countless other ones, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. <laughs> we're going to do the construction episode. So everyone just be cool with it. We know it, we know it's been done before and I liked that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. By the way, if anyone wants to see a really good construction comp construction set comedy, I would say go all the way back to Laurel and Hardy 1929 silent film Liberty. You can find it on YouTube and that I believe holds up. Because it's it's Laurel and Hardy on a construction set doing a lot of the same stuff, but it's two real people, and so that to me makes it a little it's more funnier. Yeah, yeah, because it looks like they're actually in danger and stuff. So I d- I did like the uh, scene where Buttons is covered in concrete, and then he just barely saves Mindy, gets, and then crushed, gets crushed, and then like he's like, "Yay, I'm I'm free!" I and that and then to he gets me, crushed yeah, again, that looks like it's been done to me too. See, yeah, that, I'm sure that's been done many times. But I was like, oh, it's a cute joke. Yeah. But <laughs> that was the one joke I didn't like that much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly, what do you think? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get to the the water tower rating in just a few moments. But any any moments in this uh, in this second cartoon here that you yeah you appreciated, you liked anything, anything like that? Well, like I've already said, I, I like the construction guys. Um, they, they just kind of, it, it just seems so unusual to have, like you said, responsible adults in one of these cartoons <laughs> and, you know, trying to, to do the right thing and, and, um, get the, 
you know, emergency services involved. Yes. And, um, and so that was neat. And I, I liked all the little cameos and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I, I did think it was funny when, when Buttons, uh, was trying to, he just kept building on and on and on to, um, you know, give Mindy something to, to walk on instead of, you know, falling through, through midair. But, um, <laughs> Well, I, and uh, and they had turned around already, just on their own accord. Yeah, I, it was like he did all that. He went all the way to the moon, <laughs> and then when he finally fell back down, it turns out no, they got back down fine. They just, they were just they turned they around. Just, yeah, they're like, oh, <laughs> all that work for nothing. And I, I, I really, I will say this. I mean, buttons. I, I thought that was a cute moment where you know, buttons is risk willing to risk his life right at the end, right there to save the kitten's life. And, uh, you know, save her in midair, which was cool. So anyway, well, I think it's, I think it's time that we get to our water tower rating. What do you guys say? Let's do this, right? Yeah, let's do it. That's what I say. That's what I always say. (laughs) Okay. So Nathan, what are you going to say out of five water towers? How many water towers are you going to give this particular episode? I'll give it two and a half, I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to give it less because of the, the, the news but I reel. skipped it. I skipped it, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, and the, here's the show's name. So yeah, if I skip them, it's fine. And Kelly, how many water towers would you give it? I'll give it two. Two, and why are you giving it two? I just, I just didn't find it terribly funny, and mm-hmm. it was just sort of, I, I, it was kind of boring compared compared to some of my other favorites, and um, I, I just didn't like it as much. All right. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be fair, but it just it didn't make me laugh very much. Yeah. It. it, it I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with two and a half as uh, just because I, I appreciated Mindy and Buttons a little bit more than I thought I was going to. Honestly, when I saw like the description of what the episodes were, I was like, okay, the Warner Warner's doing a, a courtroom parody. This should be. This should be. Could good right here, and then I said, "Oh, and Mindy and Buttons." Oh, okay, well, we'll see. But I was pleasantly surprised that uh, Mindy and Buttons one was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. And like I said, it probably will be my favorite Mindy and Buttons one until further notice. Uh, <laughs> just because it was self-aware, it knew it was yeah, it knew it was doing jokes that had been done before, but that was okay. So anyway. Two and a half for me. Uh, okay, well, um, let's get right into the results from last week's poll. It's time for another Animaniacast Twitter poll. Listeners were asked, other than hashtag Animaniacs, which of these Spielberg-produced cartoons is your favorite? Hashtag Animaniacast poll. 15% said it was the guy running around in underwear, Freakazoid. 40% said it was those lovely little tunes from Acme Luniversity, the Tiny Tunes. But with 45%, the winners were Pinky and the Brian, who win the... Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. It was Pinky and the Brain who won this particular poll. So with that, we take you back to the real brains of this operation, your hosts, with a brand new poll for this week. So those were the results of last week's poll. And uh, what do you guys think? So other than Animaniacs, what's your favorite Spielberg-produced cartoon? Uh, We have Tiny Toons, Pinky and the Brain, and Freakazoid. Um, 
Kelly, ladies first. Do you have any, do you have any particular favorite of those other three? Hi. Tiny Toons. I used to always watch Tiny Toons just before Animaniacs. Yeah. And they were still being shown in reruns at this point for quite a while. So uh, this was, you know, back in the early 90s, you could definitely still watch Tiny Toons at this point uh, quite often. So, in, mm-hmm. and in fact, I think on, at least on, for me, I think they usually ran them back to back usually. Yeah, they did for me too. Yeah. So it'd be like, you know, four o'clock, you watch the Animaniacs, but 3.30 would be Tiny Toons or something like that. So it was a good combo. Um, and thanks to Tiny Toons, I learned who They Might Be Giants were. Exactly. Yes. And so did I. And so should everyone else learn who They Might Be Giants are. In fact, They Might Be Giants, they're my favorite group. And kids go, they they always say, well, what's They Might Be Giants? They go, well, do you know Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? And they go, yeah. Do you know the hot, hot dog, dog, hot dog, dog hot diggity dog? dog? They're like, yeah. It's like, yeah, they sang that. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> You listen to them? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. They sing like, a lot of stuff. That's their new famous. It used to be Malcolm in the Middle. Like, yes. I could always go, oh, you know the show Malcolm in the Middle. Right? Yeah. Like, so at least that sounded like rock and roll. But Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, I got nothing. <laughs> you know Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Anyway. <laughs> so, yes, they brought us They Might Be Giants, which is awesome. And Nathan, what about you? What Of those three, what's your favorite? Uh, I voted for Freakazoid because uh, I just love superheroes so much, I think. Uh, my favorite M. Night Shyamalan was uh, Unbreakable. Favorite Pixar is The Incredibles. And uh, favorite Spielberg show is uh, Freakazoid. Just... You mean even more than Animaniacs? Well, no. I'm just saying of those I mean, three. I'm just saying. I, mean, I don't know. It's... I mean... No, you can't. No, I can't. <laughs> I'll say Animaniacs is my favorite. But, I mean, of the those three, I think... Uh, I was also just so young for Tiny Toons that it's yeah. hard for me to remember it as much. Yeah, that's true. You were pretty young. Thanks for reminding me how old I am. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know, this is a tough one for me. Uh, I'm, and today, uh, today I'm going to say Freakazoid. Oh, but I thought you were going to do. I could have said Pinky and the Brain. And then I, that way we could have done a whole. Uh, but tomorrow I might say Pinky and the Brain. I'm going to, I'm going to say Freakazoid today, but tomorrow I might say. Um, Pinky the Brain. And honestly, I, I love Tiny Toons so much. This is a hard question for yeah, me. Yeah, this is a really... It's not like... It's... Of these great things, which one's your favorite great thing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. So, there you go. Today, I'm going to say Freakazoid just because it was such a... Kind of a different show for its time. Um, I think it was a little... Perhaps, in some ways, a little ahead of its time because it was breaking the fourth wall constantly. Mm-hmm. Um and I liked superhero stuff. This was a Freakazoid and the show, the tick were running at the, about the same time. And I always preferred Freakazoid because it was more exciting. They might be bringing back the tick. I saw the well, pilot. They yeah, I saw the pilot too. So who knows, but they just need to be break Freakazoid, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons and, and all that stuff. And then I'll be happy. So <laughs> anyway, so that's that. And let's get on to this week's poll. Nathan, why don't you go ahead and tell us, what is this week's poll question? Okay, this week, we have to figure out, as a group, united across the country, (laughs) we need to figure out what our favorite Studio Lot character is. All right? So we're going to need your help, people. Uh, We're going to need to figure out whether it's Ralph, which, you know, the security guard, he's funny. There's Dr. Scratch and Sniff. He's also funny. He's a, a psychiatrist, though. I mean, you know who these people are. It's Hello Nurse and, and Mr. Plots, too. So, <laughs> so, so we're trying to figure out who is the, your, who's your favorite. Yeah. And as supporting- a country, who 
is our favorite or the world i would say the world we are we are we are broadcast internet wise worldwide yeah we are not simply in north america um we need to compare our results for other planets so (laughs) it's very important okay so for earth which of these is the is the best studio lot character uh ralph scratch and sniff hello nurse plots okay sounds good uh let's uh let's wrap things up real quick then and let's call it a night uh what are some ways that people can get in contact with us well we have many different ways that's a good question that you asked yourself i know (laughs) i'm talking to my other personalities give me a second well nathan I'll ask you this question. Oh, okay. Nathan, what are what's a way that people can get in contact with us? I uh, got me. Um, how about Facebook <laughs> or uh, how about Twitter? Yes, we're on both of them. Facebook.com okay. slash Animaniacast and Twitter.com slash Animaniacast. Um, can they email us? They can email us. They can email so us like, at Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. Okay, that's good. Um, they can find us individually probably like on twitter yes they can okay. yes they can I, I i know that what nathan what were you where are you on twitter well it's easy to remember it's django ft of course okay it's, it's django ft that's me <laughs> and kelly what about you where can people find you on twitter i'm yoda princess y-o-d-a-p-r-n-c-s-s at twitter um or kelly k-e-l-l-y at big shiny robot.com Okay, and uh, of course we have lots of stuff going on over at the Facebook and over at the Twitters. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for other great podcasts to listen to, well, why not head on over to RetroZap.com. You'll be able to find tons of other podcasts. You'll get uh, Bruising Blasters, Blob of the Hut, uh, Techno Retro Dad, Skywalking Through Neverland, uh, The Argcast, uh, Starship Sabers and Scoundrels, uh, Trade Federation, uh, so many, so many more. So check them out. And uh, now pretty much do it for this episode. Next episode, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be seeing, we're going to be talking about an episode that's truly, I think, out of this world. (laughs) I would say both segments are... Yeah, pretty out of this world. <laughs> hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> with that, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Now see here, I've had just about enough of this folder all. Fall the rock, fall the ring.